Welcome to Daily Grace. We believe that the Bible is true, trustworthy, and timeless. And we want to help women like you know and love God's Word. The Bible shows us who God is, and who He is changes everything. My name is Joanna. And I'm Stephanie. Come join us as we chat about the truth of God's Word in our everyday lives. It is a painful thing for our sin to be exposed. So often we try to cover it up or ignore it because we don't want to deal with the shame or the judgment. Or maybe we honestly aren't even aware of the sin in our own hearts. But it is a good thing for our sin to be exposed because it leads to beautiful growth and transformation. Today, we are talking about why it is good for our sin to be brought to light and how we can practically respond to it. Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Daily Grace. This is Stephanie, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Joanna. Hello. Hey, we're so happy to be back with you guys. Um, Today's topic is one that might make you squirm in your seat a little bit because it's about sin and how so many of us have the tendency to resist the exposure of our sins. But we're going to talk about why it's actually good for our sins to be exposed. But before we dive in, Joanna, share a favorite thing with us from this week. All right, I got another food item for you (laughs) in my saga of ever-increasing things that I cannot eat. Oh, no. (laughs) Because we've added more to the list. Y'all are going to think I'm crazy, and you're going (laughs) to think I'm just making all this up. But I now can also not eat corn. So we've got on the list dairy, soy, beef, and corn, which that is incredibly hard to find things that don't have that combination. It might not sound like it, but like corn syrup, corn starch is in everything, soy is in everything, dairy is in everything. It's just a whole thing. But (laughs) I found another delicious thing that allows me to have a sweet treat without any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it is the Unreal Dark Chocolate Peanut Butter Cups. Mm. They are so good. Um, The milk chocolate ones do have dairy, so can't do those. But the dark chocolate ones, they have like less sugar than most peanut butter cups, Uh but they are incredible. I have to stop myself from eating an entire bag of them. And the brand is unreal, and they really are unreal. (laughs) I think you've mentioned that before, maybe in passing. Yeah. Not as a favorite thing, but it's just a- Make sure I'm not repeating myself here. No. (laughs) I meant to check it, check it out before, and so now mm. I really have to check it out because it's coming up twice. You know what? I think last time we recorded, I was eating them <laughs> while we were recording. <laughs> that could be it. <laughs> I think you're right, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you? What was a favorite thing from this week for you? Okay, so this is going to a totally different like way of thinking, but <laughs> I'm sharing a lotion. Um, n- maybe Ooh. next week I'll share a food item, but... I've been wanting to share this lotion with everybody, <laughs> and it's called Ancient Minerals Magnesium Lotion. And so, oh, I've heard of this. Yeah, so Felicia Masonheimer actually mentioned it in our episode oh, with her, funny. which I'll link in our show notes if you missed that one. But I was having trouble sleeping like all of last year for some mm-hmm. reason. I'm not sure why. 
but I got this lotion. Um, magnesium is supposed to kind of help with like muscle relaxation, um, like mm-hmm. restless leg syndrome and, and sleep. And yeah. so I got it. And I'm telling you, I have been knocking out every night since I've been using it. And I've been using it for about two months now. And so, right. yeah. I might have to try this. It's <laughs> it's real. <laughs> um, so that's what I've been wanting to share with everyone for a while. So sorry that's coming after chocolate, but it's worth your time looking into. Listen, chocolate and sleep are two <laughs> of the great gifts that we have in this life. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Oh, man. Plus, I mean, I give enough food suggestions for the two of us, probably. (laughs) Oh, well, anyway, we are talking this week, like Stephanie said, about when our sin is exposed. And yeah, we don't like our sin to be exposed. The word exposed itself makes it feel like something we don't want, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's vulnerable. Um, And this is something that it could be like we're actually trying to Um, hide sin from ourselves, like we want to ignore the sin that we Mm -hmm. have in our own hearts, or it could be that we recognize our sin, but we don't let anybody else to know about it. Um, So yeah, we spend a lot of time and energy trying to keep our sin hidden Mm -hmm. or trying to ignore it or deny our own sin. Um, And it's even possible, actually, it's probable that there are areas of sin that we don't even recognize, we don't even know that we're dealing with. Yeah, And so... Like I said, we tend to think of our sin being exposed as a bad thing because it's vulnerable, it's shameful, but God's word gives us a vision for exposing sin that doesn't stop with just those feelings of guilt Mm -hmm. or those feelings of shame. And so our sin being exposed is actually a good thing because it's when our sin is exposed that growth happens Mm -hmm. in our lives. And this includes when our sin is made known to ourselves or even when it's made known to others. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's brought to our attention by others. And so we want to talk today about why that is a good thing, even though it doesn't sound like it, and how we can lean into that and respond to that. Um, But before we get into that why and that how, we want to talk about the things that might make us want to keep our sin hidden that may prevent us from even recognizing our sin. Yeah, I think it's interesting when we think way back into the Garden of Eden, we see that, you know, the natural human reaction to sin is to hide, right? Mm -hmm. Adam and Eve hid. They reached for fig leaves. And many of us do the exact same thing today, right? We reach for our metaphorical fig leaves. Um, We don't even want to identify the sin in our own hearts and lives sometimes because we know that we'll feel what Adam and Eve felt, which was shame. Mm -hmm. And I find it so interesting that pre-fall, Scripture tells us in Genesis 2.25, it says, And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And so when we see that sin enters the world, we become aware of the fact that we miss the mark and we know and feel that we've done something immoral or dishonorable and we don't like that feeling. And we Mm -hmm. tell ourselves that if our sin remains hidden, the feeling of shame will diminish or even go away completely. And I know I've experienced it. Maybe you have too, right? We know that that doesn't work. Yeah, You may even find that you sin more to hide that original secret sin. You know, King David did this when he sinned against Bathsheba and Uriah. 
And the thing is, the sense of shame remains because the truth that we miss the mark remains. And Mm -hmm. so in these moments when we're tempted to hide our sins, we have to remember that sin is sin, whether or not it's hidden in our hearts or done um, for anyone and everyone to see, right? This is what Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. Um, It's the same if you wrestle with private lust in your heart, you know, you're just as guilty as the adulterer, right? Or if you have evil thoughts about your neighbor, you're just as guilty of sinning as those who lash out in hate um, in Mm. action. And, you know, the sins may vary in degree, but the fact is, is that any degree of sin misses the mark of God's holiness. Um, And and that's how the gospel meets us here, right? It confronts our sin and offers deliverance from the penalty of our sins. But not only that, it delivers us from shame. Christ emptied himself and endured shaming torture and mockery on the cross so that we wouldn't be enslaved by the power of sin and be enslaved to this feeling of shame in our lives. And we have to remember this, that right, that we can either take our sin and shame to him now in repentance, or we can experience shame when our secret sins are brought to light before the throne of God in judgment. Um, so many times in the New Testament and the Old Testament, actually, we see how everything will be brought into light. All right. Jesus says in Luke 12, two through three, nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Or Ecclesiastes 12.14 says, For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. So though we may not want to expose our sin because the experience of shame is very real and very hard and and sometimes really painful, um, we have to remember that we can't ever really evade shame. Mm, Yeah. And I completely understand the desire to avoid that shame by avoiding acknowledging the sin in our hearts. We don't want to feel like bad people, Mm -hmm. but we have to remind ourselves in these moments that our identity isn't rooted in who we are or what we have done, but it's rooted in who Christ is and what he has done. Because as believers, we are united to him. Mm -hmm. So that means that we are actually free to acknowledge our sin because it no longer defines us. It's already been paid for and God intends to purify us from it. So we don't have to be afraid of the shame because Christ has taken it. And you know, another reason that we might try to cover up our sin is because we're afraid of judgment from other people, Mm. right? It's not just that we don't want to feel shame ourselves, but we don't want to look bad to those around us. And you know, we have to realize that there is a lot more at stake when it comes to ignoring or hiding our sins than when it comes to our reputation with other people, Yeah, right? Christ died to deliver us from sin. That's pretty weighty. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And to and to just remain in it 
is really just cheapening the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so we have to think about verses like Galatians 1.10. It says, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we might be making ourselves look good to other people, but we are living in this sin that grieves God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if man rejects us in Christ, we have been accepted. We have been approved by God because we are in Christ and our sin is not held against us because of him. So we don't have to fear what man thinks of us. We have the only one whose approval and acceptance really matters. Yeah, you're right. There really is that tension here between fear of man and fear of God. And really, it's Mm -hmm. the fear of God that can drive out. It's the only thing that could really drive out the fear of man. Right. And so that's a tension that we do have to work through. And, you know, sometimes we may even fight exposure of our sins because we like our sin. Um, Yeah. That sounds wrong. But, you know, something can become like a pet sin or a pet idol in our Mm -hmm. lives that we intentionally keep hidden so we can kind of nurture it in secret. And we hate to admit it, right? But sometimes we delight in our sin. And so maybe it's an addiction to a substance, to an immoral activity, to a way of thinking or talking or behaving. Um, Maybe it's obsessing over something um, rather than trusting in the Lord and praying about it. Um, I don't know. It could be so many things. (laughs) I'm sure we can all identify something here. Um, But here's the hard truth that we have to face when we find ourselves in this particular place, right? That when we find even the slightest delight in our sins, we're really not agreeing with God on sin, right? Because God hates sin, all Mm -hmm. sins. Um, Sin is offensive to God. And so we have to ask ourselves if we really understand that, right? If we're nurturing our sins instead of killing our sins, all the while professing to know and love God, then what we're doing is cheapening grace. Um, You know, I love this quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He said, Cheap grace is the grace we bestow on ourselves. Cheap grace is preaching a forgiveness without requiring repentance, baptism without church discipline, communion without confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. And so when we understand God's grace, the only appropriate response is to bring our sins to the cross, right? To turn away from them and turn toward God. Um, So no matter what we tell ourselves, um, we can't cling to our sins and hold fast to Christ. Yeah, that reminds me of that verse that says that his kindness is meant to bring us to Mm -hmm. repentance, right? Grace is not meant to just be grace with no change. The point of grace is that we would be changed. Yeah. Um, You know, sometimes I think that we try to hide sin because we know that if we admit it, we'll have to change it. Mm. Um, sometimes we don't want to change it, like you said, Stephanie, because we actually delight in the sin. But sometimes it might be that we we want to get rid of some sin pattern, but we know it's going to be hard work. Yeah. And we'd rather just not put in the hard work. And the truth is, it will be hard. It will be painful. Yeah. But it is so, so worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, God gives us this 
vision in scripture of salvation that is so much better than just say a prayer, get into heaven. Mm. It is a salvation that radically changes us, that brings beautiful transformation. It takes us from being sinful, unclean, broken, dead in our sins to being renewed, whole and holy and alive in Christ. And this is the will of God for us. Mm -hmm. Scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, that the will of God is your sanctification. That's that process of being transformed, being Mm -hmm. made holy, being purified. And Romans 8 shows us this process. This is probably a familiar passage to you, but maybe something that you haven't thought about what it's actually implying Mm -hmm. for our day-to-day lives. It says, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And so we have this picture of those who are justified, right? Those who are declared to be righteous, who are saved Mm -hmm. because of their faith in Christ. God works in all things to conform them to the image of his son. That working all things together for our good doesn't mean working all things together to make our lives easy. Mm. It means working all things together for our eternal good, which is our sanctification, making us look more and more like Jesus. And that includes really hard things. Mm -hmm. He will use them to sanctify us. And really, this is the Lord's mercy to us. It is a kindness and a grace that he would allow us to see our sin Mm -hmm. and to see our need for him and to grow in sanctification as a result. You know, think about the book of Jonah, right? In Jonah, we have this prophet who was called to go and preach to the Ninevites. And Jonah disobeyed God. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to show mercy to the Ninevites. And so he ran away. And so what we see throughout the book is this man who has a heart full of sin, sin like pride, hatred, Mm -hmm. selfishness, prejudice. And God could have easily seen Jonah, seen his sin, seen his disobedience and his mistakes and said, that's all right, I'll get somebody else to go. Right? It was completely within God's power to send someone else to bring the word of God to the Ninevites. But he doesn't. God pursues Jonah. No, he sends a storm that nearly takes Jonah's life. But that storm caused him to recognize his sin while he's in the belly of this fish and to confess it to God. Mm-hmm. And then later in the book, we see that. Jonah is still harboring so many of these sins in his heart. And God actually puts him in this situation where he is sitting in the blistering sun, Mm -hmm. nearly fainting from heat and dehydration. And God put him in this situation to show him the sin in his own heart. Mm -hmm. And even though those things are difficult, even though those things are painful, It is a mercy that God put Jonah through them so that he could see his own sin, so that he could be restored. And so the kindness of the Lord is what exposes Jonah's sin. And at the same time, this is also true for us. 
You know, sanctification is painful, but it's worth it. It's often the trials that sanctify us the most, and it is a merciful thing to undergo trials so that we can become more like Christ. It is a kindness that God exposes our sin through whatever means necessary. Yeah, that's a good word, and it reminds me of something that I read earlier today from Laura Wiffler. She said, The great gift of our trials and sufferings is that we are pulled deeper into the heart of God where Jesus stands with us in solidarity. And I just love Mm. that, right? Um, Even in the hardest things of our lives, we can experience the goodness of God in the midst of that, right? Mm -hmm. And and yeah, man, exposure of our sins is going to be hard. Pruning is painful, um, but it's for our good and it's for our joy and it's for the glory of God. And you know, We mentioned Jonah. This book is so rich. We learn so much about ourselves, but we learn so much about God in this tiny book. And uh, Joanna actually wrote a study that's recently released from the Daily Grace Company. I will link it in our show notes. Um, I highly recommend all of you to go get it because it's so rich. Um, You just got a taste of that um, from Joanna just now, but definitely go and dig deeper into that book. Um, but yeah, it's good for our sins to be exposed first and foremost because the stakes are high, right? Romans six twenty three says the wages of sin is death. And you know, this was the case from the very beginning. Um, after Adam and Eve sinned, the result was spiritual death, right? They were mm-hmm. separated from the presence of God and their physical bodies began to experience decay, right? They would have to toil and life would be hard. And, and that's just the nature of sin. It's deadly. Yeah. Sin is what causes disorder and chaos in the world, right? It's the root of all diseases and pain and discord. And that's true today. That's our experience today, right? Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. And this is what theologians call original sin. And it's just saying we are all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. And we're all in need of a redeemer to save us from spiritual and physical death. And this is a work of God, right? We've mentioned this verse before, but I think it's so crucial to really get this in our hearts and in our minds, right? That it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. That's Romans 2, 4. And when we profess um, Jesus as our Lord and Savior, We're acknowledging our sins and the state of despair that we're in apart from Christ. And we're looking to him to be the true and better Adam on our behalf to restore spiritual life and to restore right relationship with God. Yeah, that is such an important reminder that our sin is not just something that we can just kind of let go on, but it's actually deadly Mm -hmm. that these things lead to death. Um, and so, yeah, it's good for that to be exposed because when it's exposed, then we can receive the life, the abundant life that God has for us as he works in us to sanctify us. And, you know, it's good for our sin to be exposed to ourselves as individuals, but it's also even good for it to be exposed in a more public sense. Mm-hmm. And Don't get me wrong. You might be thinking like, "Uh, I don't think I want my sins announced to the whole world. (laughs) And I'm not saying to broadcast every sin issue to everyone that you know. And we certainly, please hear me on this, we certainly should not make the sin of others public just because we think it will be good for them. That's gossip. (laughs) Even even if it's true information, that is gossip Mm -hmm. and that's a sin. 
And we talk about that a lot in episode 52, if you want to check that out. Um, But it is good for us to share our sin with other believers. Mm -hmm. And that's terrifying. Believe me, I know. (laughs) But the great thing about sharing our sin with believers is that they also are sinners and have recognized their sin and have understood their own forgiveness in Christ. Mm -hmm. So they will typically offer us the grace that they have been given as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's good for us to share our sin, maybe in the context of a discipleship or mentorship relationship or maybe in a community group or small group. Maybe it's even with your spouse. Mm -hmm. But it's good because what it does is it allows the body of Christ to come alongside us and to pray for us, to encourage us, to support us, to hold us accountable. You know, sin is a whole lot harder to ignore in our own lives and to push to the back burner and cover up and have as like a pet sin, like you said, Stephanie. It's a lot harder to do that when somebody else knows about it yeah, <laughs> and can true. ask us about it. Um, and that's a good thing. It's good for us to have that kind of accountability. And, you know, it really is important for us to have the prayers of our fellow believers. Mm-hmm. You know, James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And that power can be on our side, the power of the Spirit Mm -hmm. through the prayers of believers. Um, And, you know, this also means that instead of being defensive or feeling offended when someone points out our own sin, you know, we should hear it with gratitude and take it seriously. Take it before the Lord in prayer instead of just immediately dismissing it Mm -hmm. or getting angry with the person. Yeah, think about Proverbs 27, 6 says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. We should view it as a grace of God when our friends are willing to show us the sin that we might not see in our own lives so that we can grow up together into Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes me think of Proverbs 27, 17 which is a familiar verse to many of us, right? Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. And I like thinking about it in this context of confessing our sins to one another and holding each other accountable, like you said, because, you know, like iron sharpening iron, it might require some uncomfortable rubbing of shoulders, right? In the form of Mm -hmm. uncomfortable conversations. Um, It will involve humility and discomfort and and maybe some hard conversations and and some follow-up. But it's for our good. It sharpens us and makes us more fruitful for the glory of God. And it's just being after each other's sanctification. And that's a good thing. Um, and, you know, it's also good for us to be exposed because then we're forced to face it. Um, we talked about how, you know, the natural human response to sin is to reach for the metaphorical fig leaves and hide. Mm-hmm. Um We naturally want to deny or undermine our sin, but when it's exposed for what it is, we're forced to face it and and reconcile it somehow. And I actually love how in Genesis 3, after Adam and Eve hid when they heard God coming, it says in verse 9 that the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? You know, God wanted to draw them out of hiding and confront what they had done And tell them the gospel, right? That he would send a redeemer to crush the head of the serpent and do what Adam failed to do. 
And it's the same for us. When our sins are exposed, it's actually an invitation to draw near to God and take hold of the gospel, right? Exposure of our sins brings us to confession. And this is a good thing because confession leads to sanctification. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so confession and repentance are marks of a true believer because they're rhythms of putting off the old and putting on the new, right? Killing the flesh and growing in godliness. That is sanctification. Mm, yeah. I love that our sin causes us to lean into the gospel yeah. like that. And, you know, in a related sense, it's good for our sin to be exposed because it humbles us and shows us our need for Jesus. Mm -hmm. I know that I have a tendency, and I'm sure that others can identify as well, but I have a tendency to forget that I need Jesus mm -hmm. and think that I can do it all myself. And then I live my life trying to be self-sufficient, and it's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> it is no way to live. Right? There is a sweetness in depending on Christ, but we won't experience it if we don't see how desperately we need him. Mm. And so when we see our sin, when we grieve over our sin, feel the sadness and brokenness of it, instead of trying to shove it down or deny it, then what happens is that we can actually rejoice all the more in the gospel. Mm -hmm. We can understand to a fuller extent, the grace that we've been given when we see the depths of our sin that mm -hmm. Christ gave his life for. Um, I think about Paul in Romans 7. He's talking about the struggle that he has with sin in his life and how he tries to do what's right, but the sinful flesh keeps coming back up. Mm -hmm. And he says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? It's like he is, he's, he's understanding the mm -hmm. depth of his sin, right? He's understanding his brokenness. And his response to himself is, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hmm. And you can just hear, you can feel the joy, the, the rejoicing in that statement. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, that he has given us such grace to pay for even these sins that are ugly and make us cringe. And that is when we can rejoice all the more. Yeah. And you know, that also causes us to lean into prayer. You know, I will share that these past couple weeks have been an experience of seeing my own sin in a way that I didn't want to see, um, that I didn't want to recognize. You know, I have seen sins of prejudice, of racism in my own heart that has played out in, in my neglect to care for my neighbor. Mm -hmm. In my neglect to actually confront the sin that I have been pushing down in my own heart. And that is a process that is painful and it's icky. It's not fun. But I can say that my days have been saturated with prayer in a way that wasn't true before. Mm -hmm. um, and that that's a gift. Yeah. That's a gift to to draw close to God. Um, to commune with him through prayer. And there's a lot of work that he's been doing in me as a result of my sin being revealed. Um, and I'm grateful for that. And I think that that deepens 
our relationship with the Lord and makes way for further sanctification. Yeah, for sure. I mean, right there with you could grieve over um, just the sins that are exposed in our hearts, things that we were not aware of. But when it's brought to our awareness, um, yeah, we mourn and we grieve over it, but we also rejoice because we know the one who has overcome our sin. Mm -hmm. And we know that his grace is sufficient for us. And and what a kindness for him to align our hearts and our minds um, to his, right? And so there's that tension of mourning and grieving, but also rejoicing because of what Jesus has done and continues to do. And so, you know, when we actually see our sin, we're just made aware of its eternal significance, right? We Mm -hmm. are so aware of our desperate need for a savior. And really that truly is all God's grace, right? He doesn't owe us anything. Um, No, we owe him everything. Yet he chooses to draw us near to him by bringing awareness of our need for him. Yeah. And, you know, exposing our sins also helps us to be empathetic towards others. And Mm. so let me just share something that I recently listened to on Instagram. It was from Hope and Chris from At His Feet Studies. I'm going to link them in our show notes. Love their ministry. But they were just having a short little conversation about ministry leaders wrestling with anxiety and depression and kind of wondering if those struggles disqualified them from serving the body, particularly in a leadership role. And, you know, I'm going to spoil it for you by telling you their answer. And, and you know, it was no, of course not. Those struggles do not disqualify you. And, and their encouragement was to actually lean into your weakness and actually expose it to those around you, which is what we've kind of been talking about up to this point. But I thought it applied in a different way here. I'm not saying anxiety and depression are sins, but it made me think about just how our weaknesses can actually be a means to deeply connect with those around us, right? We're all in the same boat in the sense that we're all sinners in need of grace moment by moment. And when our sins and our weaknesses are exposed and we're confronted with our own vulnerability and need, I think that moves us to actually be more empathetic towards others and their weaknesses and their imperfections and their sin struggles. And actually, as our weaknesses and sin struggles are shared, we have the tremendous blessing of seeing Christ meet each of us in our struggles Um, We see the beauty of the gospel on display right before our eyes. And as we confess our sins to one another, we're declaring together the perfect work of Christ on our behalf. And we're affirming that he is enough and he is more powerful than the shame that each of us may feel. And we remind each other, right, that he has overcome the world. We remind each other of what he has done. And who he is. And you read James 5.16. I think that's such a great verse here, right? The response to exposing our sins to one another, you know, with believers isn't more shame and more judgment. It's actually praying together and healing and being transformed together into Christ-likeness. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, you know, it's so easy to stand in judgment over others, to see their sin and to have this prideful attitude that we are better than them. But man, when our sin is exposed to us and we see it, 
we can then, like you said, empathize with them and we can offer them the grace that we've been given because we realize we are sinners. We have no place to judge them, but we can offer them the grace of Christ like we've been given to. So, okay, what does all this mean for us practically? How should we respond to our sin being exposed? And one thing that we should do is actually ask God to expose our sin. Mm -hmm. And this applies to us whether our sin has already been exposed or not. Mm -hmm. So if we have been made aware of some sin within our hearts, we should ask God to continue to expose it because I can almost guarantee you we've just scratched the surface, Mm -hmm. right? When we start to see some sin in our hearts, it's highly unlikely that we see it all laid out there at one time. Probably goes deeper than we realize. Mm -hmm. There are probably other things that we um, haven't seen. And we need to ask God to help us see those things so that we can continue to confess them Mm -hmm. and to pray and have others pray for us and work towards change and that partnership of sanctification that we have with the Holy Spirit. And if we don't actively see sin in our lives, we better remember that there is always sin Mm -hmm. going on in our hearts. And as at least on this side of eternity, right? Until Christ returns and we will be freed even from the presence of sin on this side of eternity, it's always there. So if we don't see it, if Mm -hmm. we don't recognize it, we better ask God to show it to us because it's there and it is dangerous um, for that to go unchecked. And, you know, a prayer that you can pray, if you don't have the words to ask God to reveal your sin to you, a prayer you can pray is Psalm 139, 24, and 25. Mm -hmm. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Yeah, I feel like that's a constant prayer of mine. <laughs> and 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 rightfully so, right? We talked about in the Lord's Prayer episode, which was episode 71, about, you know, how rhythms of confession and asking the Lord for forgiveness is a continual or daily practice in the life of a believer. Um And so, yeah, though we're eternally secure and our sins are justified through the person and work of Christ, we acknowledge that our flesh remains unredeemed on the side of eternity, right? Even though the power of sin is broken, the presence of sin remains. Um, And so we continually bring our sins before the Lord, asking for forgiveness, inviting him to purify us. And, you know, maintaining, cultivating that intimacy with the Lord um, in our daily walk. And so, yeah, pray and ask the Lord to reveal your sin. And part of this is also studying his word and inviting the spirit to convict you as you read Mm -hmm. and study scripture. So, yeah, invite the spirit to bring conviction and then bring that before the Lord and ask the spirit to empower you to overcome sinful thoughts, actions and deeds. Um, Colossians 3, 5 says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And and that's our aim, right? As we continue to live on the side of eternity. And, and like you said, Joanna, we do this in partnership with the spirit. And so prayer is a huge thing. And studying his word is a huge thing. If you find yourself not grieving over sin, um, you know, a lot of the time it's because your view of God is, is too small. And so sometimes it's not dwelling as much on your sin as much as it is of dwelling on the faithfulness and the holiness of God and and seeing that contrast there. And truly, as you get to know and love God more, 
um, you're going to agree with him on sin and, and just grieve over sin and begin to hate it. Yeah, you know, that makes me think about this quote that I've heard quoted many times by Robert Murray McShane, and it says, for every look at self, take 10 looks at Christ. Mm, Yeah. And you know, you usually just hear that part of the quote, but it goes on to say, live near to Jesus and all things will appear little to you in comparison with eternal realities. Mm. How many millions of dazzling pearls and gems are at this moment hidden in the deep recesses of the ocean caves? Like Likewise, unfathomable oceans of grace are in Christ for you. Dive and dive again. You will never come to the bottom of these depths. Mm, That's good. And man, that's powerful. And you're so right. We want to see our sin, but we can't dwell there, right? Our sin exposed is meant to turn our eyes to the cross, to turn us back to Christ and to see the grace of God that he has given us. Um, So yeah, it's important that we don't just... Um, see our sin, but that we then turn and confess it, like you were saying, Stephanie, and see the grace of God and receive that forgiveness and that purification. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it is good for us to to grieve our sin in this process. That is a healthy thing mm-hmm. um, because it does go against God's character. It is contrary to God's original vision for life with him that he is going to restore. But that is, we need to remember that he is going to restore it. Yeah. Um, You know, another thing that we can do practically when we have sin revealed in our lives and hearts is tell someone, mm-hmm. right? Seek accountability, seek support from a believer that you trust, seek wise counsel from them about what you can do, what it looks like to change moving forward. And when you tell somebody, there's a lot of freedom there. Mm -hmm. You know, our sin can have these chains that Mm -hmm. bind us, but when we bring it to the light, it's like those are broken Mm -hmm. um, and that we have this freedom to then step away from our sins and walk forward in obedience. Yeah. Yeah, there's such power and accountability. And yeah, like bringing it to light really just dismantles the power that it has over us um, in a way. And and it's really just, again, being open to the work of the Spirit to help us and enable us to overcome the sin in our lives. And, and you know, it's a reminder that the Christian faith is, is such a communal faith in that we were designed to need one another, um, even in this area of fighting our sins. And another practical thing we could do, and maybe someone we've confided in can help us in this action, is to seriously consider what repentance would look like for um, whatever particular sin you're wrestling with. And so ask yourself, what would it look like to turn away from this particular sin and turn toward God? What would that look like? What practical action steps can you take to walk away from the sin and walk toward what God has called you to do in his word. And so maybe that's not allowing yourself to be in certain situations. Maybe it's committing to calling your friend when the temptation comes up. Maybe it's checking in with someone daily or um, choosing to work on and develop a new habit whenever you want to go back to your old sin habit. Um, There are many ways to redirect your thoughts and actions. So yeah, spend some time coming up with an action plan for your specific situation. And you know, I realize that there are some sin struggles that just seem impossible to overcome. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a relationship. 
and you might not be able to think of any practical steps you can actually follow through with. Um, Maybe you've tried and you've failed and you're wondering what you can do. Um, I've actually been in this situation, so I really do say this from a tender heart. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. Surrender your sin and continue to surrender yourself to the Lord in prayer and beg him to change you, right? Long for restoration so much so that you're willing to expose your sin no matter the cost. You know, will it be hard? Will it be painful? Yes. But like we said, it is so worth it. So, you know, decide today to choose the good portion. Choose Christ. He is worthy. And I promise you, he will satisfy you and bring you the fullness of joy that no sin could even compare. Yeah, we really need to be careful that we don't underestimate the power of prayer. You know, all of these things that we can do, safeguards we can put in place, these are so, so helpful. And these are good things for us to do, but they will mean nothing if our desires aren't changed to match Mm. those of God. And he is the only one who can change the longings of our heart, our desires from being to follow after our sins, to be aligned with all that is good and lovely and honorable and true Mm. and holy. Um, So prayer all the way through, beginning to end, so important. And, you know, we want to give you some encouragement too because sometimes as we walk through life, as we become more spiritually mature, it actually can feel like we're moving backwards. Mm. Like there's more sin in our lives than when we first started. And the truth is, it's really not that there's more sin. It's that we've become aware of the sin that's there. Um, And just because it feels like you're seeing more and more and more sin come up in your heart doesn't mean that you aren't growing. Mm -hmm. Actually, it probably means that you are because you are becoming sensitive to what God loves and what God hates. You are you are becoming more aligned with his heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so take heart. This is a good thing, yep. right? What you can do is look back at your life. Look back at the past year and look at the ways that you have grown because this is the Lord's work in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, remind yourself of what the spirit has done in you. And if you can't see that, Ask someone that knows you and that you trust and that loves you to say, hey, how have you seen God working in me in the past year or the past month or the past five years, whatever it may be? Because it's good for us to see what the Lord has done mm-hmm. and to to remind ourselves that he is working even when it seems like we might be moving backwards. Yeah, that's a good word and good encouragement. And Yeah, we just have to remember that exposure of our sins, having a greater awareness of our sins doesn't lead to despair, but actually leads us to confession and repentance. And that deepens our communion with the Lord and and just our intimacy with them. And and that's something to rejoice in. And so, yeah, persevere, um, continue to fight the good fight. Um, We're right there with you. And we really, truly pray that this episode is helpful to you guys and softens your heart and and leads you to... um, confess your sins to one another and yeah, invite the spirit to convict you because it's for your good and for God's glory. And so we look forward to having another conversation with you all next Tuesday. 